everybody, and welcome to the Sports Social Coverage Show. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, of course, as always, with my co-host here, Mr. Trey Hill. It's been too long, Trey. We have taken too long to get an episode out to the people, to the, all the people that want those bulls, that Bulls knowledge. Um, but we have quite a bit to talk about here about the Chicago Bulls. How are you, man? How are you feeling? Let me let me start with this. How are you feeling in general about the Bulls offseason uh, slash draft? So far, so good. Yeah. Uh, with, with limited ability to do things, I like what they have done. Um, yeah. The biggest surprise for me this offseason was there was that like window where we thought Andre Drummond was going somewhere else. Yeah. And I was legitimately disappointed that Andre Drummond wasn't going to be our backup big anymore. So I'm glad he's back. But that was the biggest surprise for me was how much I was going to miss Andre Drummond. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I think the Bulls would have been a little bit of a pickle, honestly, if he didn't opt in. But, of course, he did. Uh, we got quite a few things to talk about. And, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I think, you know, we didn't expect a lot from this offseason as smarter Bulls fans here because, you know, of course, all the dumb Bulls fans, uh, uh, casuals on Twitter and everything are expecting us to – trade for whoever Damian Lillard or whatever it's just not going to happen so uh but I do think that you know given the lack of flexibility here we uh we've done a good job but before we move on to the Bulls here I do want to plug a few things here that you guys should be aware of at the uh, Sports Ethos we do have a new uh Chicago Bears podcast host over there so we do have Bears content rolling out again which is great and this is very pertinent to you Bulls fans obviously because you're probably Bears fans as well uh and I also want to just go ahead and plug while we're plugging some football there our draft guard our fancy draft guy which uh, I've been plugging nonstop here, but it, it really deserves to be because hundreds of hours have been put in this thing. It is the most complete and probably the cheapest draft guide out there in the market. So sportsethos.com, go there, four bucks a month. That's all you need to get the fantasy pass, which is going to get you access to that. And then also Q&A sessions with our experts uh, and a whole bunch of other content. So just go there, sportsethos.com, sign up. Okay, Bulls, I think you had something to say there, Trey. You had unmuted yourself. So I'm sorry to have cut you off there, but what were you going to put? Oh, put, no, you you just mentioned Lillard and Harden, and I was going to yeah. say, what, you don't want Harden on, in, on the Bulls? Because I, I, do. I definitely don't. I do. You don't want Harden on the Bulls? Oh, man. Okay, I do not. Up. No, I think that would just I think, be a step so backwards. You, you think so? I, so if you could do – because I think – I personally think that um, James Harden's skill set fits what the Bulls need better. I think the biggest the biggest issue here with the Bulls squad, obviously, is that we're missing a point guard. We'll talk a little bit about that, too, about resetting Kobe White and, and adding Javon Carter. But – um, but I think, you know, I think James Harden brings that skill set, obviously the point guard skill set, but also three point shooting. And I think that's really spacing is an issue for the Bulls. So I, if I can get DeMar DeRozan out and add uh, James Harden, I would do it. But you're, you're not in that mindset, huh? I mean, I guess if if you're just trading out DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, DeMar and like some it, other salary cap filler. basically. Even even then, I don't think I'm in on it. No. I know he's played well, but I think he needs another star. I think he needs to be the, the second star on a team mm-hmm. to really be a contender. Just He's not quite in his prime, and he doesn't share the ball enough. I want to see these guys develop, and we're not going to see Patrick Williams get chances to do anything with the ball if James Harden's on the team. That's probably true, but I think they have similar years left on their contracts to Martin Rosen and and uh, James Harden, and I would make uh, arguably the same the same uh, arguments there about having Demar Derozan on the uh, on the roster. I would love to see Patrick Williams and, and Kobe White and some of these other guys develop a little bit more. But uh, do do we think James Harden is going to have Patrick Williams and Dalen Terry out doing four a.m. workouts <laughs> in the off season though? Yeah, they can go work out with one of the coaches. Uh, you know, I'm not too, I'm they can not get too their work in whenever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but I do like that. I do like that Demar seems uh, he's a he's a better guy to root for for me. Um, so I do agree with you there from a from a fan standpoint. I think 
uh, it makes more sense. But I think from a basketball standpoint, for me, I think, again, I think um, if I could do it, I would give it a shot. But uh, but let's talk about... There are definitely perks. Yeah, let's go I'll back to that. Yeah, let's go back to the uh, draft, though. Uh, we haven't talked since then, obviously. Um, Julian Phillips is the guy that they added. I believe I'm saying the name right. I hope I am. Uh, they traded to the 35th pick, I believe. Uh, and they traded two future second rounders. So traded two future second rounders for uh, the number 35 pick, which is basically a first rounder. I mean, it's like five picks after the first round's over, uh, late first rounder, basically. But, uh, at, you know, I know you sent me over some of the, uh, you know, athletic breakdown. I know we had a breakdown also in our draft profiles for Sports Ethos. But uh, those both pretty much rang similarly that uh, this guy's a, a good athletic, uh, you know, wing, kind of like a Dorian Finney-Smith. And um, hasn't shot the ball well in college, which is a concern. Uh, doesn't really have a, a role on offense, which is, again, a concern. And I think, you know, a lot of the uh, Bulls fans and casuals, again, out there are having the same reaction, uh, a very understandable reaction to, you know, AK has a, a type where it's like an athletic wing that can't shoot. So what is, what's your rebuttal there to those guys, Trey? I mean, he shot 82% in college at the free throw line uh, in high school and then like his AU or the other stuff. I think he shot... Uh, 36% from three in one league, 38% in the other. Um, one year sample size. Yeah, he might not be a shooter, but for me, he he was the best defender on one of the best defenses in you know in the nation. He was the leader on that team on the defensive end from everything I've read. And he's he's six foot seven. He's got like a seven foot wingspan. He he's exactly the type of guy that you need behind you know to play beside Demar Derozan and Zach Levine and Kobe White. These big long athletic guys who can cover for their shortcomings or the mistakes. So I feel like AK's done a good job at finding value. And with Derrick Jones Jr. being out of the picture, I think this is a guy who he can maybe fill that role. I know. I know we we have a lot of guys who can't shoot, but like Caruso, Javante Green, they're all on the smaller side. This guy's at least on that bigger side, where at, if he has to guard a Jason Tatum, a Giannis Antetokounmpo, he can at least get a hand in their face. Yeah. No, I, I like the signing. I think we were talking before we came on also about, you know, um, when you look around the league and which got, kind of players have the most value in, you know, trading or uh, just in general. It, it's those, you know, athletic wings like Dorian Finney-Smith and uh, Royce O'Neal and, and those fellows. I mean, those guys are, uh, you know, few and far between. So when you have a chance to kind of stock up on those guys, I really can't hate it. I mean, um, you know, whether or not he ends up playing a lot for the Bulls or playing well for the Bulls, uh, I think you can definitely flip him, you know, further down the line for definitely a, a second uh, if you wanted to, uh, or even maybe a couple seconds, just like you traded it out. So it's like a, a no, no risk, basically move for me, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, just, just based on, again, like what his defense brings, I think what we saw with the, with the Bulls front office this off season, I know we've addressed shooting and we'll definitely address that here in the show, but, um, but the defense is another thing that seems like they're addressing here and, you know, Phillips would help with that, but also uh, we could talk here already about Jamon Carter, which I know you're excited about to share some stuff there. But, oh, I, uh, I cannot wait yeah. to have him on the Bulls. <laughs> yeah, but defense, though, I mean, you're talking about defense. Javon Carter, uh, he's a dog on the defensive end. I love his defense uh, as, as well as his shooting. So I think defense was definitely uh, another uh, focus here for the uh, front office in this offseason so far. Yeah, um, I think it was Adam Spinella. He has a, a box and one podcast. He told a story about Javon Carter, the the reason he stood out and got his scholarship to play in college is because he played full court pressure defense yeah. in AAU. And I remember 
like I remember vividly him playing against the Bulls last year, and when he was in, just hating, being so annoyed that he was in <laughs> and playing because he killed us, and yeah. he did that for a lot of guys. And it's the defense, and he just he was a knockdown shooter. He was just an absolute lethal three point shooter, and yeah. the Bulls desperately need some of that. Yeah, yeah, shooting obviously um, the biggest need for this team, and Javon Carter definitely fills that role. Um, you know, it, it's unclear right now. If he'll be the starter or if it'll be Kobe White, uh, obviously we already know Lonzo Ball is going to be out. We can you know hit on that a little bit too, but uh, no Lonzo Ball next season. That's in, within expectations. We don't need to talk about it ad nauseum because we have already on the show. We don't know if he's going to ever play again. So, uh, you know, Javon, do you think I mean, Javon starts on opening day? What do you think? I think Kobe starts opening day because I know he was looking for a starting role. And that seems like something that's important to him. I don't think it's as important to Carter. I think it's very it's very likely Carter's the guy that's finishing the games. But I, I can see Kobe getting the uh, the start to at least kind of prove himself. Because I did like his playmaking. But Carter, again, he's just such a knockdown shooter. It's going to be hard to have him off the court when he can shoot the way he does and play defense the way he does. Yeah, and even back when he was with the Suns, I, I like this guy for those reasons. Um, just absolute dog, gets after it, um, you know, shoots threes. And it's a good contract, too. It's three years, $20 million. I mean, that's really, that's nothing these days. So, um, you know, a, a good contract, a good get for AK. Uh, but they still need to add, um, you know, at least a stretch four, uh, a shooting forward, probably. Um, they've got one, I think, what? Before we get before we get yeah. off of him though, I want to read off these stats. So he oh, was yeah. in the ninth, he was in the 90th percentile in three point percentage, catch and shoot, and above the break. So he sh- lets like a uh, 43% on catch and shoots, 42% above the break. So this is a guy who's knocking down those difficult shots where we can still have guys camping out in the corners where it's a lot easier three point shot for guys like Patrick Williams. You know, Vucevic seems to like to go that way. And Carter can stretch the floor from all over the three-point line. It, having somebody that's above the 90th percentile as a three-point shooter, I, the value that's going to add for DeRozan and Zach, I, it's hard for me to to put into words, I think. Yeah, um, I absolutely agree. I think it's a great, great addition. Um, so, yeah, Kobe White. We have a new contract for Kobe White. Three years, $33 million with incentives to get him up to $40 million, which I think is nice. Um, I mean, I, I like this contract. I feel it's a fair contract for both sides. I feel like uh, the incentives, Kobe White, you know, could get there and, and end up getting his uh, his mini payday here. Um, but yeah, three years. I mean, he's 23 years old, flashed some promise. I mean, he cleaned up a lot of his game last season. I know we talked about that all season. And um, so this is a nice gift for the Bulls. And, and you think he's our starting point guard, right? I think so. I don't. I don't know that I believe that's the best role for him, but I think he's earned the chance to try it again. Mm. Last year, he really thrived against second units, but I felt really confident when he had the ball because he would drive, and he, he really learned how to use his scoring to set up his passing. And I think when he was the starting point guard before, he was trying to pass first, and he's realized the threat of him scoring is what really opens up his playmaking lanes. So when he can break down the defense with his dribble and they have to respect him as a scorer, he can drop the passes off to Vucher. He can hit DeRozan there in the mid-range. So for me, I I think he's our starter, but I, I'm not 100% sold on him being being the starter. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to plant my flag that, that deep. 
Yeah, 37.9% on three-point attempts uh, over the last two seasons. Um, you know, his, his average salary works out to less than the mid-level exception. So not not bad. I mean, I think it's it's fine. Yeah, it's it's a good, good uh, you know, good contract. I think, you know, if I'm thinking about what around the league we see for contracts for, for starting point guards, that's definitely, uh, definitely on the low end. Uh, but it seems more like a, a bench uh, contract. So I think, you know, like you said, I think that's probably the ideal role for him. But with Lonzo Ball being out, um, I know the Bulls have a chance here with Lonzo Ball. I was reading to get his entire contract forgiven if they believe he's not going to play again ever uh, in his in his life, <laughs> which I don't know if they're, they're able to prove that or not. Um, if they are, that would be kind of nice because we would have a whole lot of money to play with. But uh, I just don't see that happening. What, what do you think about that? I don't either. And with it expiring next, like there's this year and next year. Yeah. Um, for me, just... The idea that because he's so young that yeah. even in, you know, two years from now, if he can come in and play 10 minutes a game just with he's such a natural basketball player. I think I, I would just hate to do it. It's if it was in the first year, maybe even still like the second year of it. And we had like two or three more years on it. I think it'd be a little more likely. I just I can't I can't see them going to all that trouble with it getting ready to to be over with anyway. Yeah, um, I just don't see that happening. So I think, you know, um, there's a real opportunity here for Kobe White to, to start uh, to start the season or Javon Carter. I'm not sure which one they're going to go with. But um, I think with the defense, I don't know, I might lean Carter, honestly. But I think we'll have to watch that through the training camp because I, I really don't know which way they're going to go with it. Kobe White did step up on the defensive end last season, too, and, and played some really solid hard-nosed defense. It wasn't the best defense in the world, but... Um, but we'll take it. And his offensive creation, of course, is, is better than uh, Javon Carter. Absolutely. So uh, got no problem with him there. So uh, another extension here, another re-signing of our own players. Uh, we have to talk about Nikola Vucevic, three years, 60 million. Uh, I know we had talked a little bit when that happened, Trey, and we're hoping that it was one of those kind of declining deals where he gets paid more in the first year and it kind of declines. At least I hope that was the case. Uh, that's not the case. It does increase every season. I believe it's around 18, high 18s, low 19s for the first one. And then it goes up like 21 million in the last year. And then we were hoping also for a player option, maybe, or a, I'm sorry, a team option, maybe in the last year, or maybe the last year wasn't guaranteed, but it turns out it's fully guaranteed. Uh, I think I have to consider this a little bit of an L for the uh, AK regime here because uh, they, they, they lost on the margins with this contract. I think it's a fair contract, and I think we'll both agree on that. But, uh, again, I think they could have tried to get the team option in the third year, and that would have made me happy. So what what are your thoughts there? I do think the team option is a loss. <clears throat> Looking at the way the salary is breaking down right now, um, I can see why they didn't try and do the decrease because we're already adding Javon Carter. And yeah. if he has any other moves up his sleeve, they're going to be bumping right up against the number that they don't want to hit. So yeah, I understand tax. not right not front-loading it. But I agree. I would have liked to have gotten – the team option, but it's a good value. That's what the starting centers are going for. Jakob Pertl got uh, the same, you know, per year basis. Yeah. He just had got an extra year. So I, I like the deal, but yeah, it would have been a little bit nicer with the team option. Yeah, it's just pretty, I mean, I like, I give it like a C minus. I mean, right. It's not, not terrible, but uh, lost a little bit in the margins, I feel like. But I mean, yeah, like you said, this is a, an average salary. Um, by the time that third year rolls around, he's making 21 million. I can almost guarantee that that every starting center is going to be making more than him around the league. So um, that contract at that at that point in time is going to look good. And of course, you're talking about you know Jakob Pertl versus uh, Nikola Vucevic. I mean, 
I would take Nikola Vucevic over Jakob Pertl pretty much any day of the week. I think there's some things that, that Pertl might do better uh, than Vucevic, but uh, very not, not a lot. I think Vuce is, especially on the offensive end, he brings a whole lot more than Jakob Pertl. So, um, so yeah, I think it's a decent salary. I think, you know, if the Bulls didn't do this, they had no options, right? I mean, they couldn't go out and add a, a starting center. They just didn't have the salary cap. Yeah, he uh, was always likely to come back, but I'm I'm glad he's back. I like the deal and yeah, that continuity. Yeah, continuity. Uh, and of course, we uh, as you said, Andrew Drummond opted into his uh, contract, so he's coming back as the backup. Uh, don't mind that; it's fine. Um, you know, if he didn't do that, Bulls would have had to go out and get a, a backup, which we we still have Mo Bamba out there on the market, so someone like that might have been an option, but um, not some not really great options out there and. I think, you know, Drummond brings a different uh, dimension to the game. That and his willingness to to not pout when the team went small. Mm. Uh, I thought it was nice to see because he was still engaged when he was on the sidelines, um, still in it with the team. And with your backups, like you, I love Mobamba, but would he be happy if there was like a five game stretch where he was just coach's decision DMP? Yeah. Uh, good question. I mean, he's he's dealt with that. Uh, the last couple seasons, I, I haven't seen anything of him complaining, but you know we didn't watch those games as closely as the Bulls games, obviously. So Hard no, and that and I mean he's hitting, he's younger, he's hitting free agency, so like this is his chance to go to a team that wants him. So yeah. like if I was Mo Bamba, I would probably take it a little personal if this team was like, hey, we really want you to come in, and then they just didn't play me. Yeah, and that, that's a possibility that, uh, again this season. I mean, uh, you know, they might play Patrick Williams at the center since they don't have Derrick Jones Jr. That that's an option they can go with, I think, because um, Patrick Williams is an absolutely strong individual uh, at that power forward slash small forward spot. So uh, I think that might be the way that they lean when they want to go small. But uh, we could see what what you know Julian Phillips brings to the table. That could be an option. Also, I see strength as one of the weaknesses he has though. Yeah, I was so, gonna say he's not gonna yeah. play center, but he yeah. could definitely be the four. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, but it, sometimes you just have to go super small and, and just spread the floor, so uh, that might be an option also, but um, we'll see how they handle those situations. It could be a situation where Andre Drummond ends up getting more minutes, and that's obviously, maybe that was what was appealing to him and why he opted in, despite the rumors that he wasn't going to opt in, he was going to opt out. Um, maybe he saw that there was opportunity to to kind of regain some of his value. He's under 30 still, which is still... So crazy to me. It's, to it's so wild. Yeah, but with, <laughs> like you said, Derek Jones Jr. leaving, that leaves open some center minutes, and we yeah. might just stay big and have Drummond play more. Yeah. So uh, let's see. We talked about Kobe White. We talked about Javon Carter. Well, we haven't. Well, yeah, we did talk about Javon Carter. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, again, the Bulls still have another move or two to go here. I can't remember exactly how many roster spots they have to fill. I think it's like three, right? So roster spots to fill here. I mean, I think two. I think really the big question left is Io. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's still out there. Um, hasn't he's restricted. A lot of bites. Restricted free agent. Uh, uh, no, but so if you, if you sign a restricted free agent, um, the Bulls could take six days to respond, and then your cap is just tied up for six days. Um, so that was one of the reasons they thought Austin Reeves didn't get a contract offer early on, and so. Now that the dust is settled, I think that's the real f- focus is, like, what's going to happen with Io. Yeah. And uh, it, we'll see. I mean, you know, there's still plenty of time left before uh, any decision has to be made there. Um, I'm sure he'll get an offer somewhere. I mean, I would have to think he's still very young, um, still has the ability to score. So I can't imagine that the Bulls won't give him a fair offer to keep him around, even if it's 
say he doesn't want to sign it, but just something that's on the cheap end and give him a, like a two, a three year deal with a player option on the third year. So here's my thoughts here on uh, what can the Bulls do? Uh, and I have a couple other thoughts also about some of these trade rumors flying around. Obviously, if you guys aren't aware, Damian Lillard uh, requested a trade out of Portland with a Miami Heat as preferred destination. And James Harden also has requested out of Philadelphia. Um, he has a couple of spots he wants to land in, I believe, but uh, we'll see how that all turns out. But uh, before we go to that, though, uh, I do want to break down here um, – with one guy that we might have forgotten about on the uh, Bulls roster that is still here, and we just don't necessarily talk about him a whole lot, but that would be Dalen Terry. And I do hope that Dalen Terry takes this opportunity this season to kind of prove to people that um, he still exists. <laughs> because last season, obviously, uh, big G League stint didn't uh, get a whole lot of minutes on the big the big club. But, uh, you know, this guy's got some good court vision. Uh, anytime he stepped into a basketball game, he brought really good energy. And so Dalen Terry, I think, um, is a guy that could surprise us a bit this season if he takes a step forward on the offensive end. He did get a mention earlier because he's there working out with DeMar uh, and Patrick yeah. Williams, or he was early, or last week. I, I I like his ability to playmake with size. Um, you mentioned going small. I think he could be one of those – I uh, think Boston Celtics, everyone 6'9 to 6'6, six, six, and you just switch everything type thing, uh, type lineups that the Bulls could throw out there. Um, but yeah, that, that's one of the reasons uh, I didn't mention him with Harden, I guess. But we have a lot of talent that I think just needs to get on the floor and to see what sticks and what doesn't. And I'm... I know that I know the expectations are low for next year, but I... I'm actually excited, I think, for next season. This free agency has, has rejuvenated me uh, a little bit. Yeah. Well, I like I like some of the uh, I like some of the young talent we have here. I mean, you know, Kobe White's 23, uh, Patrick Williams is 21, Dalen Taylor's 20, um, you know, Marco Smanovich is 23. Don't know if they'll ever play in the big league, but we're talking about talent, sir. <laughs> yeah, I want to I want to include him in the talent. Julian Phillips is 19. Uh, let's see. And, and I mean, that's, you know, some pretty decent IO to sumo 23, um, some decent young talent on this roster. So I don't think, you know, it has to be all doom and gloom with the Chicago bulls. I think there's uh, plenty of opportunity for these guys to develop, uh, into some really solid rotational pieces. I don't think any of them have star upside, but you still got Vooch. You still got DeMar. You've still got Zach Levine who are all have all made all-star teams. So, um, it's a little ridiculous to say, you know, there's no stars on this team, uh, which I've seen people say out there. Uh, and I know people are down on Zach, but like uh, he showed his efficiency down the stretch last season. Once he started to really recover from that injury and started to take contact a little bit better, he showed us all why they gave him that max contract. Um, I do think at this point, do you, let me ask you this. At this point, do you view that contract as kind of an albatross around the neck of, neck of the Bulls? Or is it is it still fair to you? Because I know when it happened, we decided that it was a fair contract. I don't think it's an albatross because of the other contracts they have. If like if you could just wipe that off the books, it's not like the Bulls are going to have a ton of cap space and be able to just bring in a max guy. Um, it's a little bit of a hindrance. Mm. Uh, you you see that with the the lukewarm uh, trade trade market. Uh, trade market for him. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. So like the salary is definitely cool, but for me, like you said, that second half of the year he really showed what he can do when healthy. And I know the healthy thing is such a, a dice roll for anyone on the Chicago Bulls, but I think, <clears throat> I think if we have this same conversation 
at the trade deadline this year, his value is going to be a lot higher because he's going to come out and he's not going to struggle the first half of the season like he did last season because he's not recovering. So I think how you play at the beginning of the season, especially if you're not a playoff team, I think that really kind of paints the picture of your season a little unfairly. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, I saw a lot of uh, Bulls fans saying, you know, oh, why don't we trade Zach Levine? Let's trade Zach Levine. Trade him now. Trade him now. And, like, did you see what Bradley Beal went for? Did you see uh, what, uh, you know, Porzingis is going for? I mean, Porzingis actually went for a decent price. But, like, some of these stars that are being traded. Oh, uh, John Collins, you see what he went for? Like, some of these guys that are being traded that are uh, solid players and, and maybe even stars, uh, just not not getting anything in return just because, uh, well, Bradley Beal is obviously the, the closest example because he plays the same position. Uh, plays similarly where he's a, a really good scoring guard um, and, and he just uh, you know with that contract you're just not going to get the return that you're hoping for uh, you know I, I did see with the Knicks package uh, available there and I, I don't know if we've discussed this before Trey but uh, you know Obi Toppin which obviously that's not the case anymore because Obi Toppin's been traded but uh, Obi Toppin uh, Emmanuel quickly and two first round picks I mean is that something you would take for Zach Levine or is that still selling no. for you no that's that's just too low um, for a player that you signed to a max contract, I think if I think if if the Bulls had other moves lined up to go in that rebuilding mode and, and feature guys like Kobe White and Patrick Williams, I would definitely entertain it. I would say that much, but I'll agree with you there because um, I guess it's not a terrible. I'm I'm pretty high on Obi Toppin, mm. so it's not a terrible return. But just I he's how old is Zach now? Twenty. Uh, I have it right in front of me if I can find it. Twenty eight. Yeah, like he's still only 28. I I'm good to just stick with Zach until he's 30, 31. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I just don't think you this isn't the time to move him. I think like you said, I think if you want to move him and start the rebuild, it would be like the trade deadline because, you know, he's going to recoup some of that value um as people see again what what a good scorer he is. Um just three level scorer uh, which a lot of teams could use and I know um and, and here we'll go on to the rumor part here. I know the Knicks have been uh, mentioned quite a bit uh, linked to Zach Levine, and it seems like they're clearing cap space by you know trading guys like Obi Toppin for two second round picks. I mean, uh, I think there is a, a uh, you know scenario here where Zach gets traded to the Knicks or, or another team, but I, I think it's just not going to happen until later in the season. Yeah, I, I'd be I wouldn't be surprised if he's traded. I would be surprised if he's traded before the season starts. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Uh, here's another guy I'm looking at here on the roster, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts here. Alex Caruso. Uh, obviously, the Bulls were rumored to want two first-round picks for him last season. That didn't happen. Uh, there was definitely a first-round pick, Alfred, out there for Alex Caruso. Um, I, it's not going to happen before the season starts. Uh, again, I just don't think that's going to happen. But uh, let's talk about, you know, towards the trade deadline next season. Do you think Alex Caruso is on this team for the entire season, or do you think he's moved? I think he's on the team. I think, um, yeah, I think his perimeter defense, um, him and Carter especially, are going to be just delightful to watch. But I think that's going to be like the staple of the team that AK wants to build is the anchor center in Vucevic or whoever. And then you have the pesky guys up front. And nobody is, is peskier than Caruso up there right now. So I, I think... I think he sticks around because he's still pretty young too, if I remember yeah. correctly. He's so I think 29, he I believe. Yeah, 29. Yeah. Okay, so not as young as I thought, but I think he sticks around and just continues to kind of set the tone. But 
if a team offers two first, it's going to be hard to turn that down. Um. Oh, here's what, okay. I just remembered finally. So a couple of uh, free agent targets. Uh, I've been like trying to scratch my brain because I had this thought, and then like we talked about something else. So I was like, oh, it's just gone, just popped out of my head. But a couple of free agent targets I want to see. Uh, do you think they can make the the room for it or, or make a move for it? Uh, Grant Williams is one. They need a shooting uh, forward. That that would be a nice one. I think they could honestly add him uh, at the right price. But uh, I know he wants a lot. I don't know if there's a big market for him. I don't know if he's going to get a lot. The other guy I'm thinking about is uh, a real stretch here, but I would absolutely love it. I think he fits so many needs for the Bulls. P.J. Washington. How do we get to get adding P.J. Washington to this squad? <laughs> I want that. Make some that cap, happen. Some again. cap gymnastics. Yeah, it would take quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to no, think if there's anybody. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I would love either one of those guys to come and play on the Bulls. I think if you move, let's see, because Cruz is making $9 million. Um, that's really the only contract you could probably move. I maybe that gets you there. I don't know, but but I do want Caruso still. Let me ask you this: starting uh next season, do you think it's Caruso starting at the power forward spot, or do you think it's uh going to be Patrick Williams? Do you think Patrick Williams continues to come off the bench? I think it's Patrick Williams. Think he's gonna um, give him a chance again? Yeah, go ahead. Well, if they're gonna start Kobe, yeah, that would well, be interesting. Yeah, I, that's what I was getting ready to say. I think it really depends on the point who starts at point guard, I guess. Um, if they're starting Kobe, they might start Caruso just because they want that defensive presence. But 82 games at power forward is a lot to ask of Caruso. And I just I hate to I hate to put that expectation on him from the jump. I'd much rather put the expectation on Patrick Williams yeah. and then be able to bring Caruso in rather than have Caruso have 42 games of power forward getting beat up and we're only halfway through the season let me put this out there i'm a bold statement time i think if the bulls do start javon carter and alex caruso easy top 10 defense easy easy they might struggle on offense um caruso is a kind of hit or miss score uh shooter i should say he's a hit or miss shooter uh javon carter not necessarily the best shot creator but you've got you've got uh demar Derozan and zach there i could see a, a situation where that happens and uh, I would absolutely love it. I mean, I think I think it'd be a top top five defense, honestly. So so your hot take is if they start both of them, they'll be a top ten defense. Top five. That's my hot take. Okay, I was gonna say I'll, I'll make it a little hotter and say as long as Caruso's on the team the whole year, I think they'll be a top ten defense, no matter what the starting algorithm is. Yeah. But yeah, That's they were a top five defense last year. Yeah. Well, yeah, down the stretch. They they struggled at the beginning, but they, they uh, got together after the All-Star break. So. Well, I mean, I think, yeah, I think overall, like, you know, league-wide, overall, they were a top-10 team, and it really picked up when you added a perimeter-focused point guard in Patrick Beverly. We're getting that from the jump with Carter. So, for me, I expect this team to be a top-10 defense. I will be disappointed if they're not a top-10 defense, um, I, yeah. personally. yeah. Um, and hopefully that comes with, uh, on the flip side, they, they're doing enough scoring, which I think will will be what determines if they have a successful start to the season or not. Um, one last thing here I kind of want to touch on, which is just kind of rumors. And we could, if there's anything else you want to talk about, we can do, certainly talk about that. But um, it was rumored that with Vooch signed his contract, his extension, his re-signing with the Bulls, uh, he had had conversations with management, with coaching, that he wants more touches on the offensive end. And... Uh, curious to hear if that's true what your thoughts are on that and i know for me personally uh i think you know anytime vooch touched the ball good things happen 
I'm just going to start it with that and just kind of preface everything with that. But what are your thoughts there about Vooch getting more involved on the offensive end? Who is our best playmaker? I think best it's playmaker. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's not Demar. That's for sure. He's a best scorer, but not best playmaker. Um, Zach, I think you can make the argument for Zach. He's had games where he's had high assist totals, but but yeah, I think Vooch, when you get him in the ball in the right spot, but I mean, like I mean, laps. yeah, right. And on a Zach is a scorer, Demar is a scorer. They can play make, but I think Vooch is our best natural playmaker, like just in the flow of the offense. And for that reason alone, I'm okay with him getting more touches. But like you said, when he gets the ball, good things happen, and it's unfortunate that reports get out. But I. I I'm 100% with him. Like if every time I did, I got the ball, good things happened. I would want the ball. Yeah. I, I think, you know, when we were watching these games, I mean, um, you know, from a fan perspective, we wanted that to happen. We, we've said that multiple times last season, uh, you know, getting the ball. I mean, it doesn't have to be in the low post. You can get the ball on a pick and pop in the mid range. I think that's probably the best, honestly, the best place for him to get it. Um, he can get some touches in the post with his back to the basket, but uh, he's not the best back to the basket center that I've ever watched. Um, he does get to his, you know, little flip hook shot in the middle of the lane quite often with uh, getting the ball in that area. But, you know, getting the ball at the free throw line extended, I think, is really the, the best spot for him. And, and it's not hard to get him that, you know, coming off the pick and roll where he does uh, the kind of, you know, roll where he stops at that location and, and gets the ball there and, and just gets a, an easy 15, 16, 17 foot jumper. Uh, I think that's kind of maybe that's what he's talking about or. Or do you think he's talking more about getting the ball in the low post and, and creating from there? Oh, no, I think he's talking about the high post. Um, what Jokic is doing in Denver, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have the, the the athletes. Everyone's complaining because we just keep drafting them. But they'd look real nice if Vooch is hitting them on cuts and they're you know getting wide open layups and dunks like Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown were doing. Uh, for me, I think that's kind of what he has in mind. It's what I have in mind. So yeah. I, that might just maybe – me playing that but again i think he likes to play make i think he likes getting other guys involved so it makes sense that he would want the ball up high enough that he could work with it so you heard it here first betters go bet the uh Vucevic over assist totals for the season whenever those drop <laughs> i guess it could happen but I, I like that i like that idea especially with the bulls really lacking a playmaking point guard because you know nolan's ball um something's got to happen where the playmaking just becomes easier and it's less iso ball I think that is the the easiest thing to do, and, and the best thing to do is get Vooch that um, that ball in the high post there, and let him you know find cutters because we do have those cutters, like you said. I mean, uh, you know, Demar's a, a pretty good guy cutting to the basket. So is uh, Zach Levine, of course. Zach Levine's had some good you know back cuts, getting the dunk. So uh, Dalen Terry, I could see him being a guy like that. Patrick Williams, absolutely. Caruso, Jalen Green. Caruso, yeah. So or Javante uh, Green. I was like. <laughs> yeah, I was like Jalen Green. I, I, is Javante still on the team? I don't know. I think he's actually a, a free agent still. Um, oh, good call. Yeah, I think he's actually a free agent. Let me just double check that. That's just wishful thinking on my part. Yeah, because I think his uh, contract is up. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, he's another yeah, free if, agent. Yeah, and I don't think we had uh, the bird rights. I don't think we had enough to where we could just extend him at whatever. So yeah, it would have been nice. I would and, you like know, he to was, see him back, but yeah, he was a missing piece for last season. I think you know. But 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 that said, I think you know these guys, Julian Phillips and and uh, Dale and Terry, can, they can bring very similar uh, dimensions to the game where they're 
you know, doing the dirty work, back cutting, getting rebounds from the, you know, forward position slash guard position. Um, so I don't have a problem with Javante Green going somewhere else where he has more of a role. So that's kind of yeah, that's just that's just personal preference. I just like him as a person. So <laughs> yeah. um, it'll yeah. it'll suck to see him elsewhere. Anything else you kind of wanted to cover Bulls wise? I think we pretty much hit everything they've done this offseason so far. Uh, still a ways to go. Um, but yeah, they were the fourth worst clutch team last year. Oh. They went uh, 15 and 23 in games that had clutch time. So if it was a close game at the end, the Bulls were not able to come through. Yeah. Again, you mentioned the offense. It just saw down the defense. will I, I think we're both on the same page. It's going to keep them in games. What's going to matter is the, cl- the clutch time and being able to to win those games, because if you can swing that the other way. Yeah you're not even in the play-in. You're like the sixth seed. Well, it's funny because two seasons ago in the clutch, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me for that, but they were we great. had to be. Yeah, we had to be in the top. Um, right, and it, and it fluctuates. It's one of those yeah. things, like, it, it fluctuates a lot year to year, yeah. but well, that's talking what about I think that's going to be. How many, how many games did you have there? You'd say, like, 30 games, right, that they were in the clutch, something like that, or 40? Yeah, 38. 38 games. 38 games. So you're talking about probably, was the clutch is, what, the last two minutes? Is that right? I think, I, think it's, I thought it was even five minutes. Oh, it could be. It could be. Well, but in that case, like, you're talking about more, a larger number. But what I'm saying is you're talking about a small number of shots. And when you're talking about a small number of shots, uh, you know, the way that averages and, and statistics work, I mean, you're going to have fluctuation in that. So, the last four minutes of the fourth quarter or overtime when the game is within six points. Okay. So you're probably talking about I don't know, maybe maybe eight, nine, ten shots a game. So you know, extrapolate that times thirty-eight games. I think you said so. Uh, you know, you're not talking about a but, whole lot of shots. I do think I didn't. I don't remember a time where the Bulls were in close games and I liked the offense they were running down the stretch. I didn't. I don't remember liking the shots we were getting. So I think for me, that's going to be the biggest thing I watch is. Are we getting looks that I like? Are we running good offense when it comes down to crunch time? Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I'm trying to figure out how many shots uh, each NBA team gets in the in the clutch here, but I can't find it uh, off the top of my head. I, I said eight, nine, ten shots. It feels like that's too long, too big of a number, probably more like four, five, six shots a game. So, um, But anyways, yeah, when you're dealing with that small of a number uh, per game. They, um. Yeah, so Boston had 7.8 field goal attempts in the clutch. Okay. Or in, in that. So, yeah, uh, that seven seven to five is the range. So, I was close. I was close. So, um, so yeah, this is a small number. Oop. And, uh, sorry, I lost you there. I thought I lost you there for a second. Small number of shots there. Uh, and uh, so, we're not talking about a huge number. And there's always variance there when you're talking about statistics and shooting a basketball into the, into the goal. So, we're going to see some positive regression in that. Um, I mean, you know, right now, best guess, I mean, this is pretty much the complete team here, unless, you know, there's a big major trade. Uh, you know, upcoming season, I mean, we finished with, what, 40 wins, I think, last season? How many wins did we have last season? 40 or 40, let me see, Bulls record. We had 40, yeah, 40 and 42. Um, so this season, I mean, I think higher than that. What's your best yeah. guess for for where they finish for, for win total? If the over-unders... 44, I'm going over. I'm going to say 45 wins. Yeah, I, I think the overrunner probably gets set at like 44.5, somewhere in there. Um, I would go over to, I'm going to say 46, 47, somewhere in there. So I'm I a little like higher that. than you. So, 
again, uh, no, we saw we saw the value that a, a defensive and three point shooting point guard can have with Patrick yeah. Beverly. We're gonna have Carter from the beginning. I I'm really excited to see this team this year. Yeah, they, they've yeah. known Lonzo isn't coming back. They've they've had you know that's not anything. It's, yeah. Now it's a fresh start. Yeah, that kind of hung over the team a little bit, and uh, now we can just kind of put that to bed. They've already said he's not playing this season. I mean, uh, they think he's not playing. There's always a possibility he comes back late this season, but um, I, we're just going to operate like that's not going to happen. So not hanging over our heads. Uh, Bulls are really good with Patrick Beverly uh, after the break last season, so we'll see. I think it's going to be a, a better season than most Bulls fans are, are uh, planning on. So, But I think that's going to do it for us, guys. I think that's all of our observations so far for the offseason. I hope you enjoyed it. If you do did, please go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Uh, if you didn't, go away. No, I'm just kidding. You can also leave us a review. Let us know how we did, what we what we were good about, uh, what we were not good about, and uh, we'll take it to heart, absolutely. I'm Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at EthosKeith. And, Trey, where can people find you in your work, man? Uh, you can actually find me now on TikTok at FinalFinally1 because that's someone smart. took Final Finally. <laughs> well, that's smart to go ahead and uh, talk about your TikTok because Twitter's probably going to go away. It's going to go burn to the ground. So, yeah, go well, follow Mike. Now you can guy. only read so many tweets per day or yeah. whatever it is, I, yeah, I'm just all the way out now. Go, go follow my guy on TikTok. Uh, but, yeah, until next time, guys, hey, go for it.